I invite you to take your copy of God's Word this morning, turn to 2 Thessalonians. We're finishing out our series in the letter of 2 Thessalonians this morning, so we'll be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we'll be focusing in on verses 13 to 18 as we conclude this series together. And uh, I trust that this morning will be a time of great challenge and encouragement for us in God's Word. I've entitled the message this morning, Don't Grow Weary. Don't Grow Weary. Would you say that with me? Don't Grow Weary. How many of you sometimes feel weary, tired? Uh, Sometimes you may feel discouraged uh, as you walk and live in this life, and I think all of us have been there. Many of us may be even there this morning as you've come in this morning, feeling just weary in your journey, in your walk with Christ, weary in your relationship with the Lord, weary as you are seeking to stand for Christ. And so, please, I want to encourage you this morning, don't grow weary, press on. Don't grow weary, press on. Let's look at the passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 13 to 18. Paul's writing, and he says, As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It is the way I write, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Uh, Paul is continuing on in his thoughts that we began looking at and examining last week when Paul is encouraging the believer to be obedient to the commands that are given to them. And if you remember last week, we really established as a foundation the necessity of understanding and being reminded that the Word of God and what God says in His Word is not suggested, but it is authoritative. And again, I feel like that's of prime importance as we continue on in the text because sometimes we can be guilty of reading God's word or seeing instruction that God's word gives and walking away from that thinking, I don't like that. Uh, Sometimes we can read God's word or we can listen to what God's word says and we can walk away from that and, and even think in our own minds, I don't agree with that. And that's human to do that, but the reality is what we established last week, God's word is authoritative. And so we have to obey what God says because God always knows better than we do, doesn't he? And we can take great encouragement in that, that our God knows best and what our God says is best. And so as Paul continues on, and really this is almost like part two of Paul's uh, final remarks that we began looking at last week, he's going to continue to emphasize very similarly to what he did last week in the text that we looked at. He's going to emphasize again uh, the necessity for believers to be obedient, but he's also going to encourage the believer as he wraps up this letter with the encouragement to not grow weary, but to press on as they follow Jesus Christ. And so you're going to see this uh, or hear this repeated 
this morning because this is what I want us to take away, overarching theme for the message this morning that I want you to be able to walk out of here today. And if someone says, hey, what was the message about Sunday at Maranatha that you can say, listen, it was about not growing weary, but pressing on in our relationship with Christ and in serving Christ. So just say that with me one more time. Don't grow weary, press on. Don't grow weary, press on. So let's look at this text, and I want to begin by just giving us some realities to recognize this morning. Four. Four realities that we have to recognize this morning. Reality number one, serving the Lord is not always easy. Now, if you're here and you are serving the Lord in any capacity, if you're ministering the gospel to people, if you are seeking to be obedient to the word of God and you read that statement, serving the Lord is not always easy, you know that to be true. And, and I'm not speaking exclusively of those that are in some kind of full-time ministry capacity by way of vocation. I'm not speaking of just the missionary or the pastor or the ministry leader. This is for the child of God, right? This is in general for the child of God, that if you as a child of God are serving the Lord, as we're all called to do, we have to understand this reality that serving the Lord is not always easy, And we know what that means and we understand what that means. So often people have this false sense that when they trust Christ as Savior, that if they're going to serve Jesus, everything is always going to be smooth sailing. Everybody is always going to be happy-go-lucky and love us. And everybody is always going to be supportive of what we're doing. And that simply is not true. And many people promise that. Listen, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you do not know Christ as your Savior, there is no greater decision that you can make today, no more important decision than you can make today than to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Savior, to ask for forgiveness of sins and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. But if anybody promises you or tells you, if you will just Come to know Jesus. Everything will be good for you in this life. That is a lie. And we have to understand that. And as a believer, I think it's so valuable as well. We understand that because sometimes when we are walking in obedience to the Lord and things are not going the way we expected them to go or people are angry with us or hateful to us or negative towards us, we can find ourselves stepping back thinking, Lord, why is this happening? I thought following you would be easy but it's not and Paul has emphasized that in this text and he continues to he says as for you brothers don't grow weary verse 13 in doing good don't grow weary in doing good why do you think Paul would have to give that encouragement why do you think he would have to give that challenge to them why do you think he'd have to tell them that I'll tell you why, because they were growing weary, and they were prone to grow weary. This was, again, back to one of the reasons Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians. You remember why Paul said he sent Timothy to them? Because Paul said, I was concerned for your well-being, that as persecution and opposition to the gospel would rise, I was concerned for your well-being that you would fall away. And he wanted to send Timothy because he couldn't come in person. And Timothy brought back a great report, right? That they were following the Lord and that they were being obedient to the Lord. And Paul was so encouraged by that, so much so that Paul would say, that is why we are giving thanks to God for you continually. But he had this concern. 
If you look back, just one chapter, I'm sorry, verses 3 to 5, just a small section prior to the one we're in today in 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 to 5, he says, The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. He will establish you and guard you. We have confidence in the Lord about you that what you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Paul is saying to them, listen, our prayer for you, our encouragement for you as you battle the enemy and as you face opposition is that God will establish you and continue to sustain you. Why would they need that? Because following and serving the Lord will not always be easy. And we have to understand that. Our struggle, the Word of God tells us, is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual hosts of wickedness and evil that is in the world. Serving the Lord is not always easy. It can be downright hard at times. It could be a struggle. I can't tell you how many times when we have, as elders, had to deal with issues of church discipline. Or had to do with issues of dealing with sin and and addressing sin. How hard that is. That's not an easy thing. And yet it's absolutely necessary from God's word. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 3 and 4. Paul said this. We ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers as is right. Because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God. For your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions. And in the afflictions that you are enduring. He says you're remaining steadfast in the face of all of the persecutions. And the afflictions that you are enduring. Listen, if I say to you, hey, you're going to endure persecutions and afflictions and hardships and attacks from the enemy. You're going to be hated by the world. You are going to be rejected by the world. How many of you would think, man, that sounds easy? (laughs) None of us would. And yet, sometimes we have this perspective That if we are truly following the Lord and loving Christ and loving others, then we will be loved by everyone. That is not what Paul is saying here. Following the Lord, serving the Lord sometimes will be very difficult. It will be hard. In Galatians chapter 6, 9 and 10, Paul said this, Let us not grow weary of doing good. Does that sound familiar? Sounds familiar, doesn't it, to what he's saying here in 2 Thessalonians. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now in the context of 2 Thessalonians 3, where Paul's encouraging not to grow weary in doing good, if you remember from last week, there were believers who were idle amongst them. They weren't working, they weren't providing for themselves, and they were basically mooching off of other believers to provide when they should have been working. There were those in the church that had legitimate needs that for whatever reason could not provide for themselves and it was the responsibility of the church in helping to provide for those believers but there were those that just were being lazy and idle and so those that were doing what God called them to do were growing weary over this and he says listen you do not stop or cease from doing what you know God has called you to do simply because others aren't doing it. Don't grow weary in doing good. Same thing he said in Galatians chapter 6 and 2 Corinthians 4. Listen again to the description that Paul lays out for the believer. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 11, we are afflicted in every way. How many of you think that sounds easy? 
We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Don't miss what he said, the last part of that verse in verse 11. We are, he says that we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Listen, I think this is important to understand as a believer this morning. We will not always be liked when we stand upon the word of God. We will not always be celebrated when we follow the truth of God's word. We will not be in the majority when we are obedient to the clear teaching of scripture when it's hard. Serving the Lord is not always easy. But I want to encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, those of you who know Jesus, don't grow weary, press on. Don't grow weary as you serve the Lord. Press on. Secondly, serving the Lord will at times require making hard but necessary choices. Serving the Lord will at times require making hard but necessary choices. Look at verses 14 and 15, and and this could be one of those passages, again, that could step on toes this morning. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with them. Stop right there. Look up here. Please. I don't want to command you to do anything. I didn't mean that to come across that way. (laughs) Quit with your look here now. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. (laughs) So don't take it that way. I ask your forgiveness, okay? He says, if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with them. How many of you think that sounds pretty hard? That's, that's hard. Those of you that aren't raising your hands because you don't love people, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. But that's hard. If we care for and love people, it is very difficult to hear these words. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with them. That is hard. Serving the Lord will at times require making hard but necessary choices. Now as I read that text, I have no other way to know to interpret that text of scripture than to see exactly what Paul says we're supposed to do there. I don't know how anybody else interprets that text, but here's how I interpret that text. That if anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with them. That's hard. That's hard. Now again, let me remind us, and this is the same as last week, Paul is referencing the believer in Christ here. And in the context here, Paul is referencing the believer in Christ that is not obeying the commands that the Lord has given. If you remember one of the points from last week is that if there is a believer who is willfully living in disobedience to the Lord, we should have nothing to do with them in hopes that God would bring them to a point of recognition of their sin and restoration in their walk with Christ. 
Last week we looked at 1 Corinthians where Paul said very clearly, I'm not speaking of the unbeliever, the one outside the church, I'm speaking about the one within. So in the context here, he says, as for you brothers, don't grow weary in doing good if anyone, in the anyone, contextually, again, is speaking of the believer, does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with them. And it could be easy, and I agree, to come to a point and think in my mind, that is harsh, that is difficult, that could be uncaring, unloving, unkind, But then Paul doesn't stop there. And this is why I said real quick, everybody look up here. Look how he concludes this verse. Look what he says. Have nothing to do with him. Why? That he may be ashamed. That he may be ashamed. I don't know how to interpret that. Other than exactly as Paul says it. That the desire for the believer in Jesus Christ. In his response to the brother or sister in Christ who was willfully choosing to walk in unrepentant disobedience to the Lord. That the way that we as believers respond to that brother or sister in Christ is to take note of that person, have nothing to do with them, that they may be ashamed of their sin before their God. With the hope, Matthew 18 the hope in Matthew 18 in the confrontation of sin, the hope in 1 Corinthians that Paul laid out about having nothing to do with those that are walking in disobedience, the hope as laid out in 2 Thessalonians in regards to not having anything to do with that person that they may be ashamed is ultimately always for that person's good and restoration in their walk with Christ. But that's not easy. Serving the Lord will at times require making hard but necessary choices. And because of that, sometimes we'll be hated for that. But look at what he says in verse 15. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. The hope in all of this is the restoration of our brother or sister in Christ. The hope in all of this is that there would be repentance and a restoring of fellowship with the Lord. That's not easy. Now listen, we're familiar with choices and decisions that we make on a daily basis. We decide whether or not to shower in the morning. If you're in question, shower. We're in question of in the morning, do we put deodorant or not on? Put it on, okay? So much so that even if you're driving away from the house and you're like, I forgot deodorant, go back and put it on, okay? Okay? Decisions that we make about what to eat for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, uh, at the gas station. Which gas station to go to? Do I go here? Do I wait another mile, right? Um, which, uh, you know, paper or plastic at the, the, you know, store? We make decisions on a daily basis, and some decisions don't really matter all that much. But there are other decisions that are just downright hard. Because once we make that decision, we know that there will be an unfolding of something that takes place as a reaction or as a result of the decisions that we've made. And here's the the fear I think we sometimes have as believers in Christ. That when we have to make those hard decisions, we oftentimes fear how will they respond? What will others think? What will happen if we make this decision? And the confidence that you and I have is that the Lord can be trusted with that if we are being obedient to his word. That's what we're called to, obedience. 
In 1 Corinthians 4, 1 to 3, Paul said, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. We have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. What Paul said in that passage, he's saying we are proclaiming with truth the word of God and all that God has called us to proclaim. And we are going to do that openly, honestly, forthrightly. And whatever happens is going to happen. Because this is what God has called us to. In Matthew 10, 34 to 39, Jesus said this to those that he was sending out and sharing and preaching the gospel and the truth regarding Jesus and regarding the wrath that is to come in regards to the relationship that they do or don't have with the Lord. He says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. What Jesus says here, Jesus says that if we are preaching the truth of the gospel, if we are being obedient to the Lord, there is going to be dissension that's going to come. So much so that he says a man will be against his father and a daughter against her mother. That a man's enemies will be the members of his own household, he says in verse 36. And he's speaking about the believer that is obediently following and proclaiming Jesus to those that are lost, to those that don't know Christ. And he said there's going to be a huge severing that's going to take place in many relationships because of the stance and commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ rather than to the well-being of that personal, physical relationship that you have with even your own family. And he says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And here's where I feel sometimes there's confusion. I believe Paul is encouraging them in this when he says, do not grow weary in doing good. And he reminds them of these hard truths. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person, have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Don't regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And here's what's interesting to me is that sometimes we can be guilty as followers of Christ, myself included, in in, in a, in a Uh, uh, what we would call a desire to care for the well-being of another individual, withhold truth from them. When it comes to speaking to our brothers and sisters in Christ, the most unloving thing we can do is make them think that everything is perfectly fine as they continue in sin before the Lord. God has called us to do the direct opposite of that, out of love for that individual. And isn't that the case also with the unsaved, those that don't know Christ? The most unloving thing we can do is make someone think that they are perfectly okay in the sight of the holy, true, living God, regardless of what they believe or why they believe it. There's nothing more unloving that we can do. Because God has called us as his ambassadors to be ambassadors of truth and of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But don't miss verse 15, don't regard him as an enemy. But warn him as a brother. Warning our brothers and sisters in Christ. Confronting brothers and sisters in Christ over hard issues of sin. Following the steps of church discipline. And of obediently following the commands God has given to us in dealing with a brother or sister who is in sin. is hard. It's hard. 
That's a hard decision to make. And yet we have to balance. Do we follow what Jesus, what Paul, what the Lord has commanded us to do? Or bottom line is, do we think we just know better? It's hard. And yet it's necessary. Serving the Lord will at times require making hard but necessary choices. Don't grow weary. Press on. Number three, and I think this is something that's important for us to recognize as well, we don't serve the Lord because it's easy. Okay? Uh, We talked about serving the Lord is not always easy. It can be hard. Uh, And serving the Lord, sometimes we have to make hard but necessary choices. And we can look at it and be like, man, like why has everything got to be so hard? And why am I following the Lord if it's if it's always hard? Listen, we don't serve the Lord because it's easy. We follow and serve the Lord and obey the Lord because He is the Lord. Because He does know best. He is sovereignly in control. He does speak and give truth. And because his glory simply matters more than anything else as a follower of Jesus Christ. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul said, To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. Why do we serve him? Why do we do what we do? For his glory. For his glory that we may walk in a worthy manner. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 3 to 5. Again, this was Paul's prayer for them. That the Lord would establish you and guard you against the evil one. That the Lord may direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Why? For his glory. For his purposes. In Ephesians chapter 2, we are said to be saved by God, by the grace of God. Because we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Listen to this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, Paul is writing to the believers in Corinth and he says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We do not lose heart. We do not shy away. We do not step back. Not because it's going to be easy. It's going to be difficult and hard at times. But because our Lord is deserving of all glory and of all honor. So I think it's important, those first three realities that are hard for us to understand. I want to read the text one more time. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person. Have nothing to do with them that he may be ashamed. But do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Those truths are difficult, hard, but we don't serve the Lord because it's easy. Number four, understand this morning we are not alone as we serve him. We are not alone as we serve him. There's something about having others with us 
alongside of us, backing us, participating with us, that brings encouragement, that brings joy, that brings comfort, isn't there? Uh, I saw a video this past week online of a guy that was going to be doing, it was over a 1,000-pound lift uh, in the weight room. And as he was getting ready to do that lift, over a 1,000-pound lift, um, he had all of these people around him literally screaming, like, at the top of their lungs, trying to motivate him. And, like, people were, like, smacking him, like, on the shoulders and on the back. And I'm like, this guy's going to get destroyed before he ever tries to pick up this weight. But it was all of these people around him that were trying to encourage him and give him the adrenaline and get him pumped up to do this thing. And then when he actually did the lift, everybody went insane and, like, tackled him were hitting him and everything else. I don't even know if he survived. But the point being, there's something about when we're trying to accomplish or do something that is hard, that is difficult, when there are others that are participating or coming alongside or encouraging, we press on. And here's what's important for you and I to understand as believers today as we look at these hard things. We're not alone. We're not alone as we serve him. We're not alone as we do these things. Look at what Paul said in verses 16 to the end of this chapter. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness in every letter of mine. It's the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Paul concludes this letter with some great encouragement. He wants the believer in Christ to understand not to grow weary but to press on. And he wants them to understand they're not alone in their striving. They're not alone in their obedience. They're not alone in their commitment to the Lord. They have one another. As he stirred them, the entire letter, and even back to 1 Thessalonians, all of this collective group of believers that he references as this body of Christ that's meeting there, and he's encouraging them collectively as believers in Christ who are doing this. We're not alone because we have each other striving for this. We're not alone because we have the Lord with us, behind us, in us, before us. We're not alone in this. We have the confidence and encouragement that the Lord of peace himself is with us. He will give us peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you, Paul says. And as those that are striving together in the gospel, to share the gospel, to live out the gospel, as those that are brothers and sisters in Christ striving to reach a world that is lost, seeking to love and care for and commit to service to the Lord for those that are lost, we equally are committed to care for, love for, and strive together with one another as those of the household of faith. Loving one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that means at times... We may be at odds with one another over the truth of the gospel. We may be at odds with one another when confrontation is necessary and has to happen. We may be at odds with one another when we have to exercise what God very clearly in his word has called us to exercise. That may be hard. And there may be times that there's a brother or sister who is not benefiting and growing in the fellowship of the believer in Christ because they are willfully choosing to walk in disobedience to the Lord. But the hope and desire out of love is that as these hard things are done, that restoration will be brought back and fellowship will be renewed. 
There are so many people that I could cite as examples that as they were continuing to walk in disobedience to the Lord and and knowing what God wants and saying, I am choosing to walk in disobedience to the Lord and I am not going to repent of it, that when they have been disbarred from fellowship with the body as God called the body to do, that when they came to a point of repentance and the restoration came, that can say with gratefulness and thankfulness, that what God says works. And the fellowship that follows is great. But we're not alone. As hard as it is, we're not alone in our pursuing of these things. I believe we see these realities as Paul concludes this second letter to the church here. We urge you, brothers, back in chapter, I'm sorry, back in this first letter, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul said this, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See, no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Here's what I love about Paul's concluding remarks in this first letter, 1 Thessalonians. He starts off in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14, brothers admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, repay no one evil for evil. Always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. All of these things. Listen, here's the problem. If you and I as believers in Christ are constantly looking for opportunities to destroy other believers because of their sin, we're in error. Okay, the starting point is not let me destroy people. Okay, that's not the starting point. The starting point is not let me break fellowship with anyone who is sinning. No, the starting point is love, care, patience, long-suffering. The starting point is prayer. The starting point is not repaying evil for evil, seeking always to do good for one another. But when it comes to the reality of an unrepentant lifestyle of sin for the believer in Christ, the, the decision has to be made to obey God rather than man and to do what God has called us to do. And as we do it, the one who has called us is faithful. He will encourage, give peace, empower, and be present with us. We are not alone as we serve him. So do not grow weary, child of God. Press on. Press on. As we go from here, that's a lot to receive. Let me give you some encouragements as you go from here. Just to remind us as we go from here. Number one. Be reminded, you are a servant of the Most High God. Don't care where you're at or who you're with. Be reminded of this reality. You are a servant of the Most High God. Number two, you know, share, and obey the eternal word of God. As we follow and obey the eternal word of God, we can take great encouragement and comfort that what we're following and obeying is truth. And it will remain truth tomorrow and the next day, and the next day. So take encouragement from that. Number three, be encouraged that you have the spirit of the living God within you. You are never alone even when you think you're alone because you have the spirit of the living God within you. And number four, you have the God of the universe supporting you. You have the God of the universe 
the creator God who knows all things, is always present, is all powerful, who is everlasting to everlasting God, supporting you as you take up your cross and deny yourself and follow him. These are reasons to be encouraged as we go from here seeking to obey and follow the Lord Jesus Christ and to do these things for his glory. Are they hard? Yes. Is the Christian life in living for Jesus Christ going to be hard at times? Yes. But our God is faithful. Our God is faithful and our God is with us. And our God can be trusted more than we can trust ourselves. So let's obey him. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the truth of your word. And God, even when the text is hard, and even when the commands are hard, and even when we sometimes think we just know better on how to address a matter, we never do. You are always right. You are always good. Lord, you always know what is best. In particular, Lord, when it comes to your children, how can we ever think that we know better how to deal with your children than you, their father, does? How can we as fellow children of God think we know what's best for our brothers and sisters even more than our heavenly father does? And yet so many times, Lord, in our actions, that's what we say. So I ask that you'd forgive us for that. And I ask, Lord, that we would first desire to be obedient and that we would follow to you, not to the right or to the left, but in step with you, that you might be glorified. Please give us the strength to respond in that way for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.